this week as a pretty cold windy wet wintry Monday has now by the end of the week transformed into beautiful blue skies and thick paths of snow the original plan I had for a guest today kind of got uh, well delayed I'm gonna put that for next week because the snow has fallen really heavy here across all of Glossopdale. Amazingly, just down the road in Stockport, there's barely a sprinkling, but here, wow, super thick. In fact, the, the snow on the trees along Londondale Trail where I'm walking today, I've just walked all the way from Hadfield train station and just taking my time and, and walking as far as I want to walk really until I get too cold. Um, but the weight of the snow on the trees, the wind, the blizzards last night. If I'd had, you know, the guts to come out last night and record the sound of the wind for you, I would have, but I just couldn't face it. <laughs> I walked a little bit and actually all I had was the ice pelting in my face. So today I'm, I'm out, I'm walking with my friend Tony, who's gone a little bit further ahead. He's looking out for the birds and... Uh, we're just kind of, yeah, navigating our way along the trail underneath the bridges and the snow is falling out the trees all around us because this particular bit, the, the sun is shining on it and obviously it's starting to loosen and melt. So occasionally you might hear a thump of snow around me. Yeah, the trees on this particular stretch have fallen quite heavy um, and they're leaning over from just the weight of the snow, I think. Amazing. And it may, you know, it really reminds me of the time when there used to be huge snowdrifts here. I mean, I know 19, I think I was talking about in the Crowden episode, the other side of this week, where we were looking back at 1947, huge amount of snow in the area then. The people at Crowden were saying the year that uh, Christmas Day, they walked from Crowden to the chapel for their service. And uh, as the reservoir supervisor wrote in his diary by hand the first week of 1854 when he was on duty was a nightmare to get around to make sure work was continued on the building of the reservoirs so peaceful so quiet we've barely seen another soul along this trail and um with it kind of comes isolation and desolation but there's also a kind of quiet and peaceful beauty so I'm very glad. <laughs> I've not recorded many podcasts or radio interviews in my time in snow. Uh, it feels like quite a privilege. One of the things I wanted to pick out today was some of the writers and, uh, and people that I'd found who had written about this particular area. And um, if you listen to uh, our Saturday episodes, then you'll know that we are uh, doing a continued four-part story of Thomas Barlow, uh, A Picnic at Woodhead. And actually a number of his songs and poems were included in a chap called Thomas Middleton's book. Uh, it was Poets, Poems and Rhymes of East Cheshire. And in there it talked to us about who Thomas Barlow is, 
and it mentions some of his other poems as well which I thought might be a nice time to read some of these although I get the feeling that most of these poems are written in summer which is ironic considering the situation I'm in today so here's one of his poems on Longdendale I know a spot where the swallow flies with a swift and arrowy flight where in spring all day the cuckoo cries and halfway through the dreamy night a quiet dell in a mountainside far from the noisy town it lies to the open country wide and the tufted heather brown uh, one of his other little songs here definitely not a winter song Softly the summer wind sweeps o'er the meadows. Faint falls the sunlight on turret and tree. O'er the fallow lee linger the shadows. Eve is approaching. I wait, love, for thee. That's beautiful, isn't it? In this book, it also had um, a number of other poets. Um, people like Thomas Hodson. Thomas Hodson was born in Mottram uh, in 1828. Uh, he worked as a block printer at the Hodge and uh, he was uh, an enthusiastic politician that is described and looked up to as a leader amongst the workers. Um, it does say at the time of this uh, particular book that was published uh, later in the 19th century, uh, Mr. Hodson is now an inmate of the Ashton Union, uh, which when I first read made me think he was an inmate, but then I realised, no, he's part of the union. Anyway, he wrote uh, one particular song which was used uh, for Christmas. Ring the bells on Christmas morn, hark the angels sing again. Peace, goodwill, a saviour born, as they sang on Bethlehem's plain. Many of the poets which were in this book were mostly from Hyde, Staley Bridge, Ashton, but another chap here from Mottram, Ralph Bernard Robinson. He was a poet and a historian. And one of the books that he uh, wrote was called Longdendale, Historical and Descriptive Sketches of the Two Parishes of Mottram and Glossop by Ralph Bernard Robinson. It's described as a small volume of 64 pages written in 1863 and contains a brief history of the townships of the Longdendale country, a collection of the traditions and customs of the neighbourhood. Uh, I did not find a copy of that. So if you do know anyone that has that, let me know. Um, so he won fame as a poet. And actually one of his poems was about Melandra. Uh, Melandra, perhaps more associated with Glossop. Um, it's definitely worth going and visiting some of what Tim Campbell Green, uh, his blog, to find out more about Melandra in particular. I haven't included it in this project. It's a little bit out of our kind of patch. But here... He dedicates it to the Right Honourable Lord Edward George and Lady Fitzalan Howard, who basically, the Fitzalan Howards are one of the oldest aristocratic families in Britain and actually can be traced back to King Edward I. So, you know, pretty high up people that he's dedicating these books to. So Melandra the poem, it begins with these verses, he says. Melandra, lofty oak crowned hill overlooking winding Longdendale, harped to by Edro's mystic rill and fanned by every summer gale. There once the Roman eagle shone, refulgent in the summer sky, and claimed the land for Caesar's son, the sign of power and victory. There once again strong walls and tower overlooked a city on the plain, and there against a hostile power, 
a chief did rightful rule maintain. I don't know if you can hear there, the wind just suddenly picked up as I'm just coming out of uh, a big section where the trees have kind of shielded me. Now I can just start to see the reservoirs, which are still shining blue, and all the fields, the other side, the moors where I was the other day with Alan and Phil, just completely white. The only kind of coloured bits in are the trees, really, which are brown. And the rest is just so white. I did have my sunglasses on, but I've taken them off and I can barely see. And even the sign where I'm walking past now, which would take you down to Vale House Dam, you can see exactly which way the wind came in last night. You can see that the snow is on one half of the sign and the other is able to be red. I'll just climb over. It's huge. I don't know why. There's a big mound of snow that I'm just walking over the trail. I'm going to continue and now I can start to see, I think this bit is Roadswood. There was also um, a chap called Thomas Middleton. Um, and I included one of his particular um, pieces, just a little taste of it. He uh, seemed to be quite humorous and uh, particularly liked to talk about folklore of East Cheshire. Um, and I will get into the story of uh, Devil's Elbow. I'm saving that for a, a future episode because it's a... It's quite an interesting, I think it deserves more than a quick mention. Um, in Thomas Middleton's um, own work, he talks about the devil and the doctor, a legend of Longdendale, of which the story runs um, where the doctor entered into a compact with the devil. I'm not sure what a compact means. Uh, by which he was bound to deliver himself up to Satan at a certain hour. When the time arrived, the doctor entered into negotiations with the devil, who agreed to ride a race with the doctor and to grant the latter his freedom in case he won. So, elsewhere in this particular book, there is also um, a number of other poems of note, and I was really searching to find female poets, actually, of which there really wasn't many, and then I... Realised when I looked online, I read into this of what, what was going on. A number of um, the poets use initials and it appeared that that sometimes was a bit of a clue that it could in fact be a woman um, because women were basically um, discriminated against by editors. Uh, their works weren't often published by editors. Um, so they use pseudonyms or they use their initials. Um, there was one lady who is described as the poetess, no, Longdendale poetess, uh, Sarah Jane Band. And Sarah Jane um, lived in Hyde, and apparently she tramped the district selling her poems in ballad sheet form. Uh, she would walk through the local streets and selling her, her poems to whoever who was working out and about in the mills and the factories. So I hope that gives you a kind of flavour of some of the people who are from this area of yesteryear and the stories and things that they were talking about. I'll finish with one particular poem, a chap called Amon Wrigley, which perhaps for the people who are a little bit more familiar with Greater Manchester is more associated with Saddleworth. Um, there is even a statue, I am told, over that way of Amon Wrigley. Um, and I have a collection of his books, actually, um, a collection of his songs, I should say, The Songs of the Pennine Hills, a book in the, of the open air by him. And it was printed in Stadybridge in 1938. 
There is one particular poem that I want to finish with as I just approach this bench. I was going to sit on it, but I reckon there's about five inches of snow on that bench. I don't think my bum will be going on that to, uh, will be very cold afterwards. In, the, in his book, he talks about the early days he'd gone through life and he'd been scribbling prose and verse after mill hours and spoiling much good paper that went up the chimney in smoke. But out of doors is his greatest joy to go roaming uh, over long miles of windy moorlands. It is in the blood they called my father and they call me. So here is one of his songs which I have put a pin on the map because a brilliant um, singer-songwriter called Jack Rutter has actually turned this into music. Um, and you can go and listen to that particular track. It's on our map, longdondaletales.co.uk. But here's the words. I hope I can do it justice. I hope I can read it. It's so bright, the sun. The hills of Longdondale, when lanes were blossom-scented and linnet songs were new, and the skylark teeming rapture down the sunny blue. I felt the restless longing and the call of the trail that grows fairer as it climbs the hills of Longdondale. Out in the bracing freshness of the blowing moorland air, out where the dawn comes singing to see herself so fair. There is no room for sorrow, or life is shouting hail in plover fields aroaming the hills of Longdondale out where my foot grows lighter with every step I take through scenes that never give me heart weariness or ache. The pools in purple hollows and gold of scar and shale, the lights that change and dapple the hills of Longdondale. And he who made these hilltops so spacious and so free, I know not why or wherefore he's got enough for me. I will not seek or question, I'll neither mock nor rail, while I go happy roaming the hills of Longdondale. It seems very apt to read that poem today. The freedom that I feel from just being out here today, barely singing to the soul. I look up and see bright blue sky, the sun to my right. And I think about the freedom and the lightness that it gives me walking around this trail and these hills. I hope that gives you something to think of and uh, we'll see how the next few days unfold of my snowcast, as I probably should call this now. But yeah, enjoy. I'll share some photos of my very snowy walk. In fact, I'm going to take a photo right now and I'll pin this to our Longdondale Tales map. What a walk I'll never forget.